Welcome to Meet Me at the Movies, Noel T. Manning II here, uh, hanging out with uh, Thomas Manning, uh, who always uh, wants to spend time with us because he has nothing better to do in his life. Uh, and uh, our 13 listeners and viewers uh, are all interested in seeing if Thomas's mustache is going to start getting the handlebars. Uh, they're looking for that to happen. Uh, so I, I don't know if that's going to happen anytime soon, but for, for all those out there that want to see it, uh, just keep sending, sending in that non-viewer mail. We'll take it. We'll take it. If, if there's uh, enough demand, I'll, I'll do anything for the fans. So, <laughs> Man, you heard it right here. He will do anything for the fans. So so get as creative as you want to with those uh, with those emails. Uh, uh, joining us again uh, is uh, Jacob Thronberry. Uh, Jacob, we had him on a while back, and we're going to – Try to bring Jacob on at least once a month to talk something. Uh, and, uh, and today we're going to dive into actually a, a non-viewer request. Uh, if you remember uh, a few weeks ago, Thomas, uh, we had uh, Mr. Lawrence Topman, legendary film critic on, and he was sharing with us his favorite biopics. And so uh, we didn't get a chance to really talk about ours. And we thought, you know, maybe we need to do that and pitched it to Jacob. And, uh, and Jacob uh, was, was along for the ride as well. So we're going to be sharing uh, some of our favorite uh, biopics, or just some that speak to us in one way or another. Jacob, good to see you, man. Yeah, no, I, it's a it's a topic I love. Um, I graduated with a history major, so I love historical movies and biopics and learning about specific people. So, uh, so yeah, I'm just ready to dive in. I'm excited to be back on. Well, perfect. Well, uh, once again, uh, if you would share people uh, share with people our audience where they can find your work. What's the best way to follow you on social or websites? You you throw it out there where you want people to, to know where to look for you. Well, you can find me on Twitter at tbear 57 And uh, from there, you can pretty much find everything else. Um, I've mainly been writing for In Session Film recently. And uh, I've hopefully got some work at Awards Watch coming up soon. All right. Awesome. Awesome. Well, let's dive in with uh, with one of your uh, one of your favorites. Jacob, what shows up on your list and then why? And let's talk about why this particular film speaks to you. So for my list, uh, you know, you told me to get three to four um, films together. So I tried to break it up into categories. I did uh, a historical, a musical, and a sports. Um, So I'm going to start with the historical uh, biopic. And for me, uh, as a historian, one of the coolest things in honestly in human history is going to the moon and i think that what damien chazelle did with first man making it not just a standard you know run-of-the-mill biopic but also putting a real thought and care behind it um making it a story about not only people who want to get to the moon to win the space race but a father who was struggling with losing a daughter and wanted to kind of prove to her that he could reach the stars um it just, it was one of those things that watching in the theater was incredibly emotional. And uh, every time I've seen it after, I've I've always thought that this was Damien Chazelle's masterpiece. And, and I think that it will stay that way for me. I think it's a, a flawless, flawless movie. Over the weekend, I was actually talking to some uh, fellow film uh, film critics, entertainment journalists about the, uh, the versatility of, of Damien Chazelle as a director and 
he can do so many different things. He's proven that. He can do the historical uh, biopic epic. He can do uh, a musical, which we've seen. He can do this kind of indie darling. Uh, and then he can also do uh, a, a kind of a throwback to, to classic uh, early Hollywood in a way that's just really one of those grand scale pieces. And whether you love or love, hate, or indifferent to what he does, uh, I, I will say that I'm just impressed with what he chooses to pursue. Uh, and I'm always wanting to watch what he does, and I may not love everything he does, but I do uh, really applaud him for, for making the effort to say, I, I'm not going to stick to one genre. I, I'm excited to explore more. Thomas, any thoughts you want to make sure you share uh, about this particular film or any any feedback for Jacob? Uh, yeah, I've only seen First Man one time, but what really sticks out is just that first moment when Armstrong steps on the moon and the sound just completely cuts out and you're just completely enveloped in silence. And I didn't even see this movie in theaters, um, you know, watch the screener at home, but I imagine if, if somebody was lucky enough to see that in IMAX or Dolby, that probably had to have been one of the most immersive cinematic experiences ever. So, Jacob, I don't know, did you get a chance to see it in theaters? So, I actually have a really funny story about when I did get to see it in theaters. Um, so, this movie came out at the exact same time that the original Venom came out. And uh, I did see get to see it in theaters. I had to see it twice because of this reason. The first time I saw it in theaters, um, when the sound cut out, all you could hear was Venom talking uh, from the IMAX screen. <laughs> And so, so we're all in a silent theater, and you've got Venom like many names that I probably can't say on here, and uh, and a whole bunch of other stuff. So, so yeah, I had to go back to the time, but it, it is one of those where I'm I'm very grateful that I did get to see it in theaters, and if it ever for some reason came back to theaters, I would be there in a heartbeat. <laughs> I love that story. I love that story. All right. Well, Thomas, uh, what do you want to uh, check in on your list, uh, the top of your list? You want to make sure you cover. So I think we'll look to uh, an epic from 1962. Uh, this is Lawrence of Arabia. And my first time watching this film uh, was I was a sophomore in high school, and I went with you, Dad, to see it in, uh, in Concord Mills, I believe. And it was a Fathom event, a Bring Back event. And, you know, before watching this movie, I heard Steven Spielberg's famous story of watching this for the first time as a kid and then almost wanted to give up on his dream to be a filmmaker right then and there because he didn't think he could ever in a million years reach that standard. Um, I'm glad he ultimately did decide to pursue a career in filmmaking because I think uh, the whole world has benefited from that. But, you know, what David Lean did uh, just from a standpoint of um, combining this epic, sprawling um, scope and scale with a very intimate and emotional story. Uh, it just was something that kind of just burrowed into my mind. And um, we have Peter O'Toole as Lawrence. Uh, this actually earned uh, O'Toole his first of eight Academy Award nominations over the course of his career. And um, his character arc and the just struggles he faces physically, mentally, and emotionally um, and kind of put him in the middle of this desolation, uh, this emotional desolation, but also physically the just incredible desol desolation of the desert as well. Um, so just that this was one of the 
when I was really getting into actually studying filmmaking and looking back at film history, this was one of the ones I knew I needed to seek out. And um, it's it's definitely not your traditional biopic compared to other things we'll probably be talking about today, but it's one that um, it's it's going to stick with me for the rest of my life for many, many reasons. Yeah, there are some films, Thomas and Jacob, that uh, earned the title classic early on uh, when they're released. You're like, okay, this is one of those instant classics. Uh, and sometimes that, that, that title, over the years, it gets kind of tarnished and it, it doesn't really hold up. But this one, I, I, will, I will echo uh, what you said, Thomas. This movie holds up. I remember going to that screening with you. And it was the first time I'd seen it on the big screen as well. I'd watched it initially, uh, originally on a, a television release, uh, movie of the week kind of thing. Uh, and, and then I saw it on VHS and then got a chance to see it on, on DVD. But so seeing it in the theater uh, had a whole different appreciation for it for me. So, uh, yeah, I echo that. Jacob, any thoughts on uh, Lawrence that you want to make sure you pitch in before I dive in? Yeah, uh, I mean, going back to kind of what I've been saying the whole time about uh, some of my favorite historical movies. Um, I've always been a fan of the Vietnam War films because they show the soldier struggle and they show how war can truly affect someone mentally. And I think that uh, Lawrence of Arabia is one of the first acts of anti-war, you know, PTSD showing how that can affect a soldier when they're you know, thrust into a battle that they feel like they can't win. And um, the first time I saw Lawrence of Arabia, I I was in awe because it looks, feels, and sounds better than some movies that are released today. Um, and it was, you know, made in the early 60s. Uh, it just, it is, it's like you said, it is a, a pure classic of a film uh, and a great pick, honestly. Uh, for for my uh, first choice, uh, and what's interesting, all of my choices that I've that I've got on the list I wanted to talk about uh, are all released in the early '90s, and that was a time when I really truly first started appreciating uh, film for the for the art form aspect of it. That's when I uh, was in college and started to explore film and in uh, a much deeper level. Always loved it, but that was the time that was really um, impactful to me. And so it was interesting as I was going down the list of some of those that just had been standouts for me. They're all from that time period. Uh, Chaplin was one of those of Robert Downey Jr. Uh, released in 1991. And uh, I always remember watching kind of these Chaplin shorts and these uh, you know, little things that would pop up about Chaplin. But when I got a chance to check out that bio that, that also had a co-star that was Chaplin's uh, uh, relative of Chaplin starring in that uh, and, and seeing what Robert Downey Jr. was able to do with this ticket really had an impact for me uh, on my uh, deep dive into the love of the history uh, of cinema. And I still go back to, to that film uh, today as, as one of those that um, uh, helped me to start appreciation, appreciation of biopics and an appreciation of, of early uh, cinema, and then Tom, you know, talk about having kind of a revival screenings. Thomas and I got a chance to see a, a Chaplin film with uh, with a live music uh, musical accompaniment, and uh, that put it back into what it was like when the film was actually released. And I know Thomas, you probably want to speak on that particular Chaplin experience. 
Yeah, yeah, live orchestra with the showing of the kid. And I think this was in Spartanburg, South Carolina. And then they had yeah. the, the Foley sound effects as well and, like, people in the back breaking glass. And, uh, yeah, I just, like, I'd never experienced something like that in my life. And that was even before I really, like, started looking at studying film history. Um, that was probably a couple years before I really got in to looking at filmmaking from a really analytical perspective. But I think that was a very formative moment. Um, and that just kind of clicked something. And even if I didn't realize it for a couple of years, that made me want to really dive into all, studying all aspects of what goes into creating a film and the evolution of the industry over the years from the silent era to, you know, a hundred years later where we are now. Yeah, absolutely. Jacob, any thoughts about, uh, about the movie chaplain or, of the the talent who was Charlie Chaplin. So I actually Chaplin is a uh, a missed spot on my on my list. I've never seen it before, but I do love Robert Downey Jr. and um, it is one that I want to get back and watch. But for Charlie Chaplin himself, <clears throat> I have to say it might be a hot take, but my favorite of his is actually The Great Dictator. So oh, not yeah. even one yeah, yeah. not even one of his silent films. I think I think what The Great Dictator did not only as a movie, but as like a pure attack of Hitler of the time before the U.S. was yep. even in the war, I think is just one of the most um, bold things that a filmmaker can do. And that's what mm -hmm. Chaplin was. He was just a bold filmmaker who always was taking risks um, and one of the greats. Yeah, and, and I will I will uh, let you know that that is my all-time favorite Chaplin film as well because – it spoke to social and political commentary when others were running away from it. And, uh, and he challenged the norms. Uh, he always found ways to challenge the norms. Well, you are watching uh, Meet Me at the Movies. Uh, I'm Noel T. Manning II, hanging out with Thomas Manning uh, and Jacob Throneberry. We are talking biopics. Uh, and this is going to be a, a multiple-part uh, series. I already know it because we've only gotten through three films. So we're going to come back and, uh, and have another one down the road uh, as well. But we're going to take a quick intermission, and we'll come back, and, uh, and Jake will dive in with another one of his uh, biopics uh, on his list of uh, ones that uh, speaks to him for one reason or another. Uh, and then Thomas and I will uh, chime in as well. So stick around. We'll be right back. Won't you come and meet me? There are so many positive things that are happening in Cleveland County. It's too hard to keep up with, and that's what Community Spotlight is all about. Hi, I'm Tyra Silvers, and I'd love for you to join me every other week right here on C19 TV, where we learn about the good folks and organizations that make our county such a special place. So drop in on us at Community Spotlight, only on C19 TV and online at c19.tv. Listen up. Do you have a passion for cooking? A desire to learn more about the craft of professional food preparation? If so, now's a great time to check out Cleveland Community College's brand new Culinary Arts Academy. This exciting three-month program offers hands-on training for jobs in the food service industry. Across the nation, food service is one of the fastest growing industries. With your training at CCC's Culinary Arts Academy, you can compete for jobs in hotels, restaurants, conference centers, cruise ships, and other settings. Enroll in CCC's program and you'll gain in-depth training in food procedures, preparation, and commercial kitchen operations. Plus, the program includes a special add-on. 
you'll get your certificate in cardiopulmonary resuscitation, or CPR, training. You can earn good money, too. Depending on where you work, starting salaries range from $20,000 to $50,000. In just 12 weeks, you can be well on your way to gaining the know-how to handle food safely, properly, as a true professional. Now ask yourself, are you ready to start your journey today at CCC? Won't you come and meet me at the movies? Won't you come and watch a flick? Hello, welcome back to Meet Me at the Movies. Uh, Noel T. Manning II here, uh, hanging out with Thomas Manning and Jacob Thronberry. Uh, and we are talking biopics, uh, a, a viewer, uh, a non-viewer inspired um, sequel to, or spinoff from uh, Lawrence Topman's uh, Lawrence Topman's uh, work with us uh, just a few weeks ago. So we're, we're going to have a whole series uh, exploring biopics. Uh, so Jacob, uh, before the break, you talked about uh, First Man being a historical biopic that, that sticks with you and speaks to you. Well, what else is on your list, man? Um, maybe something with some music you want to cover? Yeah, I'll, I'll hit that one. Um, so yeah, one of my favorite musical biopics, there's, I mean, there's a lot of them. Um, and maybe this is recency bias, but I think I think Take Take Boom might be one of not only my favorite biopics, but it's probably my favorite musical ever. Um, I think the work that Andrew Garfield is doing is unbelievable. It's my favorite um, my favorite musical performance. It is something that is so committed at every you know ounce, every level. Um, it's something that some other biopics, not to name any names, Bohemian Rhapsody, don't have as committed uh, um, performers in them. Um, and I think the music all worked well. And I think what Lin-Manuel Miranda did was he really tried to bring the stage to the screen, but didn't try to make it, you know, a a, a play on camera. He tried to really change it and adapt it and it's one of those things that there's musicals and biopics done that are so generic and his was you know it it wasn't revolutionary by any means but it was different and it really tried yes. to be something different and um i just think it's a spectacular look at you know a very unsung hero in the uh broadway stage of life um and not to mention it got us one of the last times that we'll ever hear, you know, Stephen Sondheim, which is a massive plus for me. So, um, so yeah, my favorite musical biopic is Tick, Tick, Boom. But I did have a very close second. Yeah, well, Tick, Tick, Boom was spectacular. And you talked about it, it maybe not breaking ground, but there was definitely something um, different about it. And I loved that it wasn't um, that traditional uh, approach to cinema or a traditional approach to um, to, to the to the musical. I, I love that. And Garfield, uh, man, what a, another versatile talent. We talked uh, before the break about Damien Chazelle and his versatility as a director. But if you look at what Garfield can do, I mean, he can do amazing drama. If you saw what he was able to do in, in Hacksaw Ridge as an example, or he can be in the MCU as Spider-Man. Um, he can, uh, and he can do these biopics as well. And then he can do a musical. It's it's pretty spectacular. So I love this film, and I'm glad that that showed up uh, on your list. Thomas, you want to have any uh, 
chime in about uh, about Tick, Tick, Boom. I mean, yeah, parts of the film were very tragic in the sense that it painted a portrait of this guy who had so much creative energy, but he didn't know where to channel that. And we kind of saw how that ruined some of some aspects of his life, ruined his relationships with his friends and family. Uh, but, you know, eventually he was able to kind of figure out how to make things click. And then um, you know, tragically, he passed away at a very young age. But it's I think it's something that, you know, has there's a lot of things about the film that are tragic, but there's also things that are hopeful in the sense that there are beautiful things that can come out of the struggle and the pain. And um, I think I remember Garfield talking about basically training for this film with an acting coach and how one of the things when he was first trying to get into that mindset was just like screaming as loud as he can and finding a way to like get back to almost that like to an infant level of like crying and screaming and just getting all of that from the depths of your soul. And yeah. I think, I think that's something that you can see permeate throughout his entire performance in Tick, Tick, Boom. Yeah. Yeah. Beautiful, beautiful film, beautiful choice, Jacob. And, uh, and Thomas, I'm going to, I'm going to go to you because there was a, a, a film that's on your list that, uh, that Garfield actually had a, a small role in as well from 2010. That's right. I was talking about the social network uh, from David Fincher, and honestly, think this is one of the most important films of the past, you know, past twenty years. It came at the beginning of the 2010s, and I think it predicted a lot of what would drive conversations in our culture within the next decade, in terms of you know tech bros basically running the world and uh, how internet privacy has become such a discussion point. Um, and, you know, from the opening scene, we, the dialogue sequence with Eisenberg and Rooney Mara just sitting almost like, uh, almost like a sword match of dialogue with that Aaron Sorkin dialogue. Uh, they shot this over the course of two days. It took them 99 takes. And uh, that just speaks to Fincher's insane perfectionism. I'm sure working with Fincher would uh, probably be an extremely stressful experience, but the results always <laughs> the results always speak for themselves. Uh, and you mentioned Garfield, um, his scene later on when he comes to the realization that uh, you know Zuckerberg has basically betrayed him. He thought this was his best friend, but he's completely cut him out of the company. And you just see this entire wash of emotions coming through his face and. Um, just it all hitting him at once that he thought this was this was a brother to him, and now he just kind of took it all away. And when he slams the slams the laptop on the ground and just screams in um, you know Eisenberg's face, um, you know that's a moment. It's, it's been memed a lot over the years and become a clip on TikTok and something like that. But watching it in the in the context of the moment is just gut wrenching and heartbreaking um and yeah once again i think that just speaks to uh garfield's ability to pull things from parts of his being that you know few other actors can really do yeah uh, uh, the the dialogue of what uh, sorkin was able to create uh man i mean you you could watch this film a dozen times and and still, I think find different different variations of what Orkin, Sorkin was saying through these characters. Uh, Social Network, yes, yeah, solid solid film, solid choice. 
Uh, Jacob, you want to give any thoughts or comments before I dive into uh, my last one for this particular show? Yeah, <clears throat> I just wanted to uh, reiterate what Thomas said. I mean, it it truly is. It's a movie that you know is accurately predicting today's time when it comes to uh, who owns what rights and who is almost running the industry and manipulation um, and all of that. I mean, you, this movie pulled a Oscar level performance from Justin Timberlake, which is an insane thing to do. So, um, I mean, it really is, it really is one of, one of those greats that will go down in history as being a cultural game changer, almost like what we're seeing now with, you know, looking 25 years back on the Truman show and seeing how that kind of predicted everything that's happening today with, um, you know, with blogging and streaming and less privacy, uh, nonstop. I think, you know, even further and further down the line that the social network is going to be seen as one of those kind of beware what's happening films. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we, we started, uh, right after the break, uh, talking about a film that had, uh, musical um, in, uh, influence throughout. That uh, was in Tick, Tick, Boom. And then we talked about Justin Timberlake, who, of course, you know, we know from, from his music background. Uh, my my uh, next pick or my last pick for, for today's show uh, is a, a film that reignited my interest in a particular band. Uh, the movie was released in 1991, and I think it's one of those films that uh, continues to to fly under the radar. It's called The Doors. Uh, Oliver Stone brought Val Kilmer and Meg Ryan to the screen in a, in a biopic uh, about the life uh, of, of Morrison and the music and the musical impact of the band The Doors. Uh, Kilmer was just absolutely phenomenal uh, in this movie, and it's one that so many people haven't seen. Uh, you know, when you think about Oliver Stone films, it's not one of those that typically gets mentioned uh, in uh, the, the Oliver Stone uh, list of, of top, top films that people think about. But for me, uh, and, and I could have picked a, a bunch of Oliver Stone films to show up in the biopic category. But I just got to tell you, when I watched The Doors in theaters, I was just truly blown away. I got to see an early screening of it because uh, at that time I was actually working at a movie theater. So we would have. Uh, early screenings uh, to just make sure the reels were right uh, for employees. And I just remember kind of being blown away by uh, the soundtrack for it, the acting, the production design, the editing, uh, and the direction. Everything about that film spoke to me. And then I went back and revisited a lot of the music of The Doors after that. So uh, if you haven't seen it, highly, highly recommend it. Uh, Either of you guys want to chime in on, on that film, on Oliver Stone, or the music of The Doors? Well, I haven't seen um, I haven't seen the movie, but I like you said, uh, if there's anyone who knows kind of how to make a biopic, it's Oliver Stone. Um, I mean, he made one about his own life and then about another Vietnam vet. Um, So just like I was saying earlier in the show, the Vietnam films really spoke to me. So, of course, I know a lot about Oliver Stone. So. um, So, yeah, if you're giving it higher marks, it's something that I need to go see. Awesome. Awesome. All right, Thomas, any, any thoughts on that before we, uh, we move on, wrap up so, the show today? Yeah. So I haven't seen the film either, but, uh, I'm familiar with it and I've seen, uh, I've seen it pop up on streaming and when I'm scrolling through trying to find something to watch, I'm like, maybe I need to watch that at some point. And obviously I knew Val Kilmer 
uh, you had the lead role, but I didn't realize until just now that it was an Oliver Stone film. So um, yeah. thanks for pointing that out, and that definitely piques my interest, and I'll probably move that higher up the priority list for me to watch. We are uh, out of time for this particular episode of Meet Me at the Movies. Uh, we're talking biopics uh, do because uh, you wanted it. Uh, we're going to come back and do some more of those uh, down the road. And, and if you don't want it, well, uh, sorry, you're going to get another uh, version of this with some more films uh, down the road. We'll bring Jacob back because uh, we uh, we still have quite a few to talk about. Awesome. We appreciate everybody who spends time with us. Uh, if you're doing that through uh, C19 TV uh, and watching the, the video version, we, we truly appreciate that. And if you decide to download the podcast or listen to the radio version through WGWG, we thank you for that as well. Uh, we always will take that uh, that non-viewer mail, uh, info at c 19 Dot TV. That's info at c19.tv. And until next time, uh, for the cast and crew right here on Meet Me in the Movies, that's a wrap. We'll tell about the happy and the sad ones. We'll talk about the good ones and the bad ones. Many films to view till we meet again.